Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to just have myself with you all today. And today's a little different edition of A Handful of Hope because I wanted to share with you all very quickly about the very special event happening on September 12th, International Sunrise Sunset Day. Now I realize that some of you may be watching and listening this after the 12th, and if that's the case, please, please do go back and check out because this is a really incredible event. But what I wanted to do today is just take a couple minutes that if you've never heard of Sunrise Sunset Day before, explain to you what it is and invite you to participate in it and also the origin of it. So back in 2011, I did a, what I called the one year 1000 challenge, where I challenged myself to do a thousand things I had never done before in one calendar year. The reason being is I had gone through several very challenging losses the prior year, losing my close friend Gabe to suicide. And then shortly after that, my dad died unexpectedly. Also through this, there were some relationships that ended and life changed dramatically. And I found myself really struggling struggling to find a smile, to be happy, to heal, to find a way to live life in the way I wanted to. A chance visit to a, the local Southern California mountains with some friends led to a kind of profound discussion. It was a discussion about, <laughs> really inspired by Dave and Busters. We were driving to Dave and Busters after just going and exploring Mount Baldy and I had remarked that I had never been to Dave and Buster's before, and they were kind of giving me a hard time about how could you never be to Dave and Buster's? And it led to this conversation of, well, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Which led to a conversation that wouldn't it be cool if you tried to do a hundred things you had never done before next year. And I thought, you know, maybe I should make it a real challenge and do a thousand things I'd never done before. And the idea became born from that to do, I called what the one year 1000 challenge. We're starting January 1st to December 31st. I challenged myself to do a thousand things I'd never done before. I had to do at least one new thing a day and you do the math, you have to average close to three. This wasn't just a bucket list year where you took the year off and traveled around the world. I had to do them within the confines of work and daily responsibilities. And there was also a challenge to try to do as many low cost and free as possible because I wanted this to be something that could be replicatable, that people from anywhere, any walk of life, any circumstances could be able to take what I was doing and use it as some sort of inspiration or North Star for how to improve their life. Because what I was really after with this was not so much the pursuit of doing a thousand things as I was the pursuit of trying to be happy and to heal from the losses I'd been through in the prior years. There were some incredible things I did that year and some things that I do not find quite so incredible. There are some that are extremely memorable and others that are just as easily forgotten. But the one that was by far and away my favorite of the 1,022 things I did that year, it was creating International Sunrise Sunset Day. And the idea was is that we (coughs) we would invite people from all over the world, wherever they were, to share a photo of the sunrise or sunset. And just so we could all see the world, the world, the sunrise and set around the world. And I, I wanted to do this for a couple of reasons. Number one, I wanted us to all be able to share the sunrise sunset together because I, I've always had an affinity for them. But number two, uh, people wanted to travel 
And so I thought it'd be a cool way for us to be able to share where different people were and to be able to see that. But number three, I really wanted people to see that we're really a part of a global community, that we are much more alike than we are different, that we are all sharing the same sun and that what a beautiful way it would be that to just share our perspective of the sun in that day. That first sunrise sunset day in 2011 had a couple, several hundred participants from more than 30 countries around the world. And I think almost every state in the US, if not all the states participated, it was incredible. And people wrote in and said how meaningful it was to them. So it was something that felt like it needed to be leaned into and utilized for a very special experience. My best friend is Paul Walker, who many of you may know from the Fast and the Furious movies. And in 2010, well, let me back this up. At the end of 2009, well, let me back this up more. My friend Gabe took his life on June 15th, 2009. A few days after that, Paul and I were up in the mountains overlooking Santa Barbara, and we were sitting on these rocks, having a beer, talking about life, talking about Gabe, and then we came back to my house afterwards. And I think, I don't, I think we were gonna have lunch at my house, but anyways, we were standing on the balcony and we started talking more about Gabe, more about life. And Paul shared with me this vision he had for this disaster relief organization he always wanted to start. And at the time it was called React. And the idea was to get a group of individuals who could be nimble, fast, who didn't have to rely on government funding and to be able to get to a disaster area and immediately respond and help where there was help needed the most to get to the places where the big government agencies may not get to as fast and then get out before once the big organizations like the Red Cross and whatnot arrived there. Paul had been deeply disturbed by seeing images of <clears throat> typhoons and hurricanes and the destructions around the world. And he felt this sense of responsibility like he should have been there. He felt he was able-bodied, capable of, and he wanted to go and make a difference. And this idea of React was it. And he was sharing with me and I was like, dude, this is incredible. Like you need to do this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how. And I go, I, I'll help you figure out how. <laughs> so over the next, next several months, next six months began a discussion of what React, which would eventually become Reach Out Worldwide would look like. We would spend hours down at the harbor with a notebook, charting it out, talking about supplies, hypothetical situations, what we'd need. If we had a <laughs> an evening one night of about five too many beers and barbecue where we went on and tried to buy domains and work on websites and whatnot. And this became kind of a, a shared obsession and passion amongst both of us. As a friend, one of the things I love most about my friends is to see that thing that makes their eyes light up, to see that thing that just puts a sparkle in the life in their eyes. And, and Reach Out Worldwide was definitely one of those things for Paul. We had talked about it enough and we put enough thought onto it that when the earthquake happened in Haiti of 2010, it was no longer a matter if we should go, it was a matter of when. And I remember being in Costco and I get a phone call from Paul and he said, dude, it's time. 
And I said, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And I said, I'm at Costco. I will buy toilet paper and peanut butter for us <laughs> because I was thinking, you're going to go to Haiti. There's all this devastation. We're going to need some toilet paper. And I was trying to think about how we could have, you know, calorie dense food that didn't take a lot of space because part of our goal was is we were going to pack in all of our own supplies, our own food, our own water. And we didn't want to be dependent and pull resources from any other organization or especially from those who needed it the most. So we wanted to be completely resourceful and independent. I ran through Costco and there was going to be about five of us going on this initial deployment and bought cans of chili for everybody, things of toilet paper. Yeah, it was right where I, probably not thinking the most, but we were so excited and nervous about going scared even because we didn't really know what to do. Over the next several days, it was this kind of whirlwind of going to REI and military surplus stores, getting supplies, getting packs, getting everything that we thought we would need, over-preparing. It was this total big kid fantasy of being able to play Boy Scout on this massive level. And there was a lot of giggles and fun times experienced during that. <laughs> One of the things that I found probably the most amusing through all that was we had a, another one of our friends who was going with us. He was really worried and concerned about the the health reports coming out of Haiti and saying that, you know, what possible diseases could be spread because of all the devastation from the earthquake and that you should have your shots. And we were leaving in such a small timeline, you know, literally within five to seven days of the phone call that we didn't really think we'd have shots. So we were telling him, oh, no, we're not going to go and we're not going to get any shots. Well, last minute, Paul and I decided to run around and start getting some of these shots. And so he calls us up. He's so upset with us. He's yelling at us. And we had we we had so many shots in such a short time. I remember waking up the next morning. I couldn't even lift my shoulder over my head. And Paul was laughing. He's saying, he's like, well, Jesse's already injured. Somebody else is already having a breakdown because they're not getting the vaccine. This trip is off to a great start. But long story short, we ended up going to Haiti. And we showed up, just the five of us, with all of our supplies, not knowing what we were going to do, only having the desire to make a difference. And it was an absolutely incredible, life-changing experience where we just, we did, we made a difference. We helped provide medical aid to several hundred displaced Haitians. We helped provide shelter and food to several hundred displaced Haitians. We set up a, helped set up entire basically tent city unloaded multiple supply trucks we made a supply run into Port-au-Prince and picked up supplies from the one of the United Nations places in the middle of it it was just it was incredible it was a non-stop wake up and work until you went to bed type thing and it was one of those moments one of those experiences I remember where when we were we were coming back from it and everybody was just kind of quiet, but had the same, same smile on their face because we felt like there was something really good we did. And we were a part of something bigger than ourselves. When we returned from Haiti, I was on that cloud nine from Haiti. And I remember calling my dad to tell him about it. My dad had emailed asking a question. I thought, you know, I'm just going to call my dad instead of emailing him back. My dad and I talked for over 18 minutes, about 18 minutes and 30 some seconds, which was a fairly long conversation for us and probably one of the best ones my dad and I had ever had in my adult life. The next day, less than a week after the return to Haiti, my dad died, dropped dead completely unexpectedly. And I went from this high of Haiti where I finally felt like I was coming out of the fog from my friend Gabe's death to just sinking to this new low of 
not knowing what to do, what to make sense of things. I remember it's about a, a little less than a 600 mile drive from my home in Southern California to where my parents live. I drove that whole drive almost in silence, you know, just mostly my tears, talked with a couple friends and it just, it, it really rocked me. And when Reach Out Worldwide went on their second deployment shortly after in February to Chile, there was a massive earthquake in Chile. Paul went down there, asked if I wanted to go. I was telling him like, you know, with everything my dad didn't feel right about it, but he was sending me updates from why they were there. And it was, it was really incredible when he came back from there because it was something where we had learned so much from Haiti that the level of supplies, the amount of supplies we went, what we dressed, the whole thing had changed so much. So, and it had taken on a life of its own. It was really starting to grow. It started to be, you know, Paul didn't want it to be, he was, he was hesitant at talking about it because he never wanted it to be about him. I remember when we went to Haiti, he never told anybody where he was going or what was going on. His, his publisher, his manager all saying, we should have told us this, we could have got press for all these types of things. And Paul never wanted that. He just wanted it to be about helping other people, about really serving them and making a difference. And so much so that when Paul eventually passed away in November of 2013, many people didn't even know this was going on. One of my final conversations I had with him, this is maybe two weeks, 10 days before he passed, we were talking about these reach out worldwide trainings that we're going to start having where they were going to come in and teach skill sets with how to, how to secure rigging and have the search and rescue groups come in and train volunteers and all this type of stuff. And it was just, it was so neat. And Paul had the biggest smile on his face and he was so excited about what was happening. And I looked at him and said, Hey man, like you remember, you remember those years ago standing on my balcony, us talking about Gabe and talking about, react and what now is reach out worldwide a row and about thinking about how hard it would be and not knowing what the heck we we're going to do or how the heck we we're going to do it. And now look at it. Now look at what you created. This is something that is going to, we had always talked about legacy pieces. What can we create that will outlive us? And so this is something that's going to outlive you. This is something that's going to outlive all of us. This is something that's going to help thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of people for years and generations to come. And I said, you remember we were talking about how hard it was and how overwhelming it seemed. And I looked at him and said, wasn't it worth it? And Paul kind of looked at the ground and he took a minute and he looked back up at me and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, yeah. He said, man, it was totally worth it. When Paul passed away, it was a really interesting experience. You know, losing anyone is hard. And when the person that you've lost is a well-known public figure, it's a really curious experience to be able to not only mourn a loss, but step back and observe the world mourning the loss of a friend. Observing the world mourning the loss of someone and what they meant to them. And this might be someone they had never even met before. It was this really incredible emotional roller coaster to ride. And the majority of people, there was just, just tremendous level of outpouring of love and support. And there were some that were downright cruel and hurtful. They would say horrible and awful things. And I think it's a reminder that there's always dark storms. There's always people out there who are going to have our opinion. But do you want to listen to those few or do you want to listen to the many? And the many were speaking and sharing stories of love and appreciation. And all of a sudden, more and more people started to hear about Reach Out Worldwide and learn about 
how we had been to Haiti and we had been to Chile and we'd been to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we'd gone over to, I think had been in the Philippines at this point. I think by the time Paul passed, Reach Out Worldwide had been in quite a few deployments around the world. All these types of things that Paul had been doing behind the scenes to try to help other people and folks gravitated to that. They really took onto that. And it was incredible to see as a friend, as a friend, one of my fears after Paul passed is I didn't want people to remember him only as the actor for his vocation. I wanted people to celebrate the human being. And what was so incredible to see is that people were grabbing onto that. Yes, you would hear a little bit about Fast and Furious or other movies, but it was a small piece of it. What people were really celebrating and cherishing was the human being and the humanitarian he was, the human being and the humanitarian that he always want others to see him as. It was awesome. And when it came time to where it was going to be his first birthday since he had passed, 2014, I thought back to this conversation we had when I did the first sunrise sunset day in 2011. I remember Paul had been out of town and I had told him about this and he was all excited to hear about it. And I was sending him updates about it and we were texting and on the phone at odd hours of the night because he was in a completely different time zone to me. When I put together that first video, I sent it to him and he was with two friends at the time and he wrote me back or he called back and he said, they'd all watched. And he said, he said, I'm just saying this, keeping this between us, but all of us, all of us shed a tear, man. That was a really beautiful thing. And it became something between us where it was like this really special time where we'd talk about sunrises and sunsets, the symbolism, the moments. And I thought what a beautiful way it would be to honor my friend to have this event that was my very favorite experience from, the, from 2011. My very favorite of all the thousand plus things I did to have that become the, an event that I could use to honor Paul. In 2014, we had just this incredible turnout and we set it up as a fundraiser for Reach Out Worldwide. There was literally probably tens of thousands of people from more than a hundred different countries. I think we had all seven continents, even Antarctica, some of the research stations from Antarctica sent photos in. We raised probably well over $70,000 or something like that for Reach Out Worldwide. And it started what has now become an ongoing tradition and evolved into what it is today, where every year on September 12th, which is Paul's birthday, people from all over the world are encouraged to, to take a photo of the sunrise or sunset in honor of a loved one they've lost. This day is not just for a celebration of the life of any one person. It's a day to celebrate and appreciate the lives of all of our special people, our friends, our family members, the significant people have an impact on our lives. It's really a day about honoring them, cherishing them, celebrating, connecting to them. And I think the sunrise, the sunset, the stillness and the beauty that comes with those moments is a perfect time to pause, reflect and connect with those you've lost, those you've loved and lost. To, to reflect on a special memory, to reminisce about a special time, to take a moment to just be present to their energy and to celebrate the influence they've had in your life and they will continue to have in your life. So it's taking a photo of the sunrise or sunset. And when I say take a photo, this doesn't have to be a perfect photo. I, I take some of the photos and I make them into a video afterwards to commemorate the event. I'll be sure to put a link to it in here so you can see what last year is. And I use photos of, of cloudy skies, stormy skies, because it's all meant to tell a story of life. And life is not always going to be that picture-perfect sunrise. So why would we deprive ourselves of experience just because it's not picture-perfect? 
In Southern California right now, we are having a record number of wildfires. I would fully expect most of California sunrises and sunsets that come in to have probably a, a smoke sun, a smoke, a smoke filled sky, a smoke filled sunrise, a smoke filled sunset. And that's authentic to where life is right now. So I encourage people to take those photos, share them and put them on my Facebook page. And then number two, either or and or make a financial donation to a charity or an organization that is meaningful to the loved one you've lost or loved ones you've lost or perform an act of kindness in honor of them. Perform an act of kindness. So again, the whole day is just really about being present to them and celebrating them. And it's, it's, you know, we still would do an ongoing, we've had probably at this point, well over 125, $150,000 fundraised to various organizations. And we've had some absolutely incredible acts of kindness performed for loved ones. People share of just going in and delivering food to a neighbor or, or volunteering at a school or something like that. And especially now in these times of COVID, when we know that a lot of people are struggling with the hard times, whether they've lost their job or they've had a severe hit in their income or they're struggling with feelings of isolation, loneliness, et cetera. There's a lot of people out there who would be wonderful recipients to acts of kindness. And if you would consider doing something kind for them in honor of those that you've lost, what a beautiful and special way that would be to, to honor and celebrate their memory and who they are as a human being and who they are as a soul in their presence in your life now. But yeah, my friends, that's, that's Sunrise Sunset Day. It's a special event that happens every year on September 12th. I would love for you to be a part of it this year and I invite you to be a part of it for every year to come. It's something that as long as I am drawing breath, I will continue to host it, continue to run it. And I will continue to stand shoulder to shoulder side by side with each of you and being present to and celebrating and honoring the lives of loved ones that I've lost and really reflecting on it. You know, why this might be Paul's birthday and so the event is on his birthday. Uh, this event is not for me, it's not just about Paul. It's about my dad, it's about Gabe. It's about all my other dear friends and family members who I've lost over the years. And then I do a couple little extra things that I know Paul would want since it is his birthday. Just the same as I would do a couple extra things on loved ones who I've lost on their special days to celebrate and honor them. If you're free on Saturday, September 12th, I would love for you to be a part of Sunrise Sunset Day this year. All you need to do is take a photo of a sunrise or sunset in honor of those you've lost. Perform an act of kindness and or make a donation in honor of them. But really take this time to be present and reflect and connect with loved ones lost. I fully believe that how we choose to live is how we choose to honor. And how we choose to honor those we've lost is ultimately what their legacy will be in our lives. Imagine this for a moment. Imagine living in a world where every single human being chooses to make the legacy of those they've lost a legacy of love, kindness, and compassion. A legacy of stopping and reflecting and not weeping because we're sad, but celebrating because we had and we continue to have their essence, their essence as a presence in our life. Anyways, I've rambled on by myself long enough. Uh, you all have to hear me all the time. I just want to share really quickly with you this special day and invite you to attend. And I do hope you will pass this message on to friends, family members, etc. If you have questions about it, you can post in the comments. I'll happy to answer them. 
you'll see the link to the event page on here too. And I'll be sure to put the video of last year's sunrise sunset so you can see where, what it all looks like. All right, looking forward to spending Saturday, very special day with all of you. Send lots of love to you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to